Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You petitioned and you got it. Nerd Pod, the Snyder Cut. We're going to get into winners and losers from the new updated Justice League. Kid, wicked piss and news from the Askew Universe. And we're super comic heavy on this week's Nerd Pod. In a world overrun by content, the line between good and terrible is blurred by the very people who create and sell it. In a sound studio in New England, two average Joes are pushing back, giving their observations and recommendations on comics, video games, TV, movies, and more. Two men, one quest, one desire. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's Nerd Pod. Coach, my man, what's going on? It's Nerd Pod Day. Happy Nerd Pod Day. Happy Nerd Pod Day to you, man. Today is... Oh, my watch is being difficult. Today is the 22nd of March. It is indeed. For Apple's big event tomorrow. It's exciting stuff. Oh, yeah. I always get pumped up by the Apple releases. I, I have this... You know that I get the MacBook Pro, and I'm, like, super tempted to trade it in and get a new one. Um... Because, you know, that's I tell you, what I, I do. I know. And, you know, I did it for a long time and I kept up with the rat race. And I got to tell you that life is a little bit better with that, with being out of the rat race. I have had my iPhone 8 Plus for since it came out. That was like the last rat racy thing. And it was like the day that it got paid off. It was like, you know, my my whatever AT&T bill went down from $500 and all the phones came off. I took the zero interest plan and all the phone bills came off. My phone bill went down to like $212 that had never happened. Cause a year in I would upgrade and then, you know, or whatever, 10 months in, I would trade the phone and get the newest, latest, greatest thing. Got to tell you a $200 for a $213 phone bill. Not bad. It's not bad. I'm kind of like for it. how many phones? Five. Five phones, yep, and uh, two iPads and two watches. So, yeah, I, I just my iPad was out the door, so I had to I had to trade it in and get the new one. Uh, kind of like an early birthday present. So, loving it, it's amazing. Yeah, um, but understood. I, I, I get it. I, I'm kind of looking at that M1 processing. Um, I know processor from the Apple. I'm like, oh. And my, mine is new enough that it still has a really big trade-in value. I'm like, I could make this work. if yeah. let, Let's just see what they announce tomorrow, and we'll go from there. Yeah, it's um, not, not a bad plan. Not and a I'm, bad plan. They, they, they really ticked me off. Um, so I, I know we've talked, for, but for Christmas, I ended up getting the, the HomePod. Like, I'm set up with the HomePod at home to listen to music, control all the automation in the house and everything. So I got the big one. Yeah. Um, it's such an amazing speaker. I know you like music and listening to music. There's nothing better for smart speakers for listening to music. And this thing sounds incredible. Well, once you know it, like a week ago, they announced they're discontinuing the big ones. I'm like, are you kidding me? So. Ah, oh, man. I'm thinking one of two things is going to happen. One, they're going to announce whatever is going to take its place tomorrow. Or they're not going to bring it up at all, meaning it's dead in the water. So. Depending on how that goes, I might say, screw the laptop. I'm going to get the second HomePod that I've always wanted to have a stereo set up at home, and that'll be that. 
I like it. That's my uh, that's my Apple story for the day. All right, fair enough. I what like you, it. What have you been up to? Uh, you know, it's another week in the life. A um, lot of content this week since we last spoke. Uh, Tell been, me about it. I know it's insane, and uh, I am at you know I. I do have the TV going in the background when I, while I work during the day mostly, um, and you know, so so I have like I have my staples, right? I have like Bosch that's always on, or I have a Star Wars movie, or you know, just something that sits in the background, and I don't get distracted by it. I just need the flashy lightsness. But you know, when the weekend hit, when Thursday hit, uh, you know, we got Captain America, we got uh, or whatever Falcon Winter Soldier, and then we got. The Justice League Snyder Cut, which we're going to really get, you know, deeply into, I believe. I didn't expect it to go down the way that it did. So. Uh, and, and the fact that if you listen to us long enough now, and even this season alone, you you know that we have we have not been kind to Justice League, the Snyder Cut, in the teasers and the trailers at yeah. all. No, the bad. fact that we are going to spend uh, a good portion of the show after Week in Geek on it, it's going to tell you everything you need to know. Like we're confused where we liked it. It's you'll, you'll it, we're shook. We're shook. Yeah. It, it did something that I did not expect it to do. Me either. Me either. <laughs> but, um, and then I saw the, uh, the Oscars came out this week and what a, uh, you know, what a weird time to be alive. And, you know, I think, it was to be expected that there wasn't going to be a ton of, you know, they, they, they pushed releases out. Like they, you know, didn't release stuff knowing that it wasn't going to go into theaters. And I guess some stuff got released on Prime and other places, but I didn't, it's not very often where you don't get that front runner movie that did well at the box office. You know, of course you get always the arts and the art house films and those things make it to the, the top of the Oscar list, but there's always at least two or three once upon a time in Hollywood's or, you know, 1917s or, you know, films like that, that are there. And if you look at that list, I mean, a couple that were, you know, highly publicized or highly, um, you know, marketed on Amazon. But other than that, there just wasn't much, man. I was like really disappointed. Um, and nerds completely left out. Like, you know, in our categories, like the cinematography categories and animated, you know, I guess there was some stuff like I love Hamilton, which, you know, you got me yep. the uh, nice uh, record for uh, for Christmas, which is fantastic. I listen to it all the time. Um, so uh, the the guy who played um, uh, Aaron Burr is Leslie Unum Jr. Sure. He is yeah fantastic, and he got nominated for one of those uh, you know Once Upon a Time or Once Upon a Night in Miami, whatever that movie is, uh, which I haven't seen yet. I will. Uh, and, I saw and then, it. He plays oh, Sam Cook, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, in it and he knocked it out. I mean, it's a big singing part. So ah, sure. Leslie okay. Odom Jr. just. Yeah, he's the, he's crushes great. the scenes when he's in them. Yeah, he's really great. So I'm happy for him there. And then you know, Tenant got like the normal cinema, cinema cinematography and maybe sound editing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing, nothing for any of the actors. Nothing for. I really thought that uh, Denzel's son, uh, you know, John David Washington, would have been in maybe Pattinson for a supporting actor. Like they had some actors in that movie, and it just didn't go over well. Um, didn't go over well for me in the theater either. I'm looking forward to a second viewing of that movie because I love Nolan, but uh, it just didn't land great for me. So, 
Yeah, it was just an interesting Oscar thing. You know, like, no, 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 you know, you go from Joker and Joaquin Phoenix winning and, you know, Robert Downey Jr. being up for consideration and, you know, a lot of, and Tarantino, you go from all of that pre-pandemic to, you know, not a lot of much, you know? Mm -hmm. Happy for Regina King, for sure. She's having her time. Uh, she's been around Hollywood forever. I think we watched her in 227 when we were kids, right? Like, she's been around forever. And I'm happy that she's sort of getting her due now, but... Uh, so definitely a weird Oscar thing. So I don't hear you. I um, I was chasing down the PlayStation Five the last few days, and talk about a fruitless, frustrating effort that was. Yeah, it seemed like every time the stock would be in in one of the stores, as soon as and, and I was like on it, boom, seconds into it, gone. Yep. And I tried that for a few hours, like every ten minutes they'd release stocks or stock and gone and it, it just it just sucks I, I know there's a shortage of chips and and therefore the systems are harder to come by but i you can't tell me that there's these scalpers who are having bots coming in and scooping up uh supply especially some of the simpler sites like walmart site is ridiculously easy i believe that a bot could attack it and get all this you know get all the playstation 5s or xboxes out of there um so it's just been it, it, it's silly because I know Sony wants to get these things in everyone's hands as possible, but it's it, it's extremely frustrating and difficult. Uh, and I'm sure Microsoft is on the same boat. They want to get their systems in people's hands as well, and they don't want to see people reselling them for twice the street cost. It, it's just insane, and it's too bad. But yeah, so that was another part of last week for me, and it kind of sucks. Oh, if you remember when we, you know, first became friends and we first met, I was a giant sneakerhead. I think like that was mm -hmm. my uh, my fun fact when I was uh, introduced at the company yeah. that we met at, and you know, for, and that was you know whatever six or seven years ago at this point. But the you know that's the reason why I I went from having two hundred and fifty pairs of sneakers to being a normal you know I kind of sold all my pairs and because of exactly what you're describing that's the sneaker game right Nike uh, says they're releasing an old pair of Jordans or an old something or Adidas with Yeezys and and you know what happens is there's the these bots online that buy up all the inventory and then you have to go to the secondary market and then there was another story where a Nike executive's son was the biggest secondary market in the world and she got fired or resigned or something because he was running the secondary market he had access to all the shoes and so you know if they're you're, you're marking it up at such a high rate i understand it's a little different but it's supply and demand it's hot it's what made kanye west a billionaire um and and still the, the secondary market is crazy so you know these things i i can't get in them anymore i i, I so i've put my focus back into buying new books and and, you know, take it away, the, the sneaker stuff, because I just got so frustrated. If you don't want to stand in a nine and a half hour line, you want to buy online, you can't. It's horrible. So I'm with you. Yeah. Speaking of books, uh, thank you for for my uh, my gift, Batman, The Long Halloween, issue oh, one. Got awesome. that in the mail yesterday. Uh, what a surprise. Was not I'm expecting that. Yeah, happy that you did. And uh, that, of course, is the uh, the book that the Robert Pattinson, The Batman, is based on. So mm -hmm. I anticipate, you know, I was telling the, the guys in the Discord channel that, you know, my, my goal is uh, to build you as strong of a, of a base collection. You know, I, I don't think you'll ever be the guy that has 50 long boxes in his house. Um, I think, yeah, you're just not that guy. 
you know, you read digitally. You also, you know, you're more of a, a, a buy the graphic novel when it maybe when it comes out or, or more online. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that, you know, there's a ton of opportunity out there in single books. I think that it's a lot of fun. And I also think, you know, you got bit by the bug of, you know, getting signatures and grades and, you know, yep. flipping through the book and the feel of that is great. So it's uh, very addictive, man. Once you start getting the grades and the signatures, <laughs> it really is. It really is. Uh, it's like, I think it's, a, it's just a more fun version of the stock market, right? I mean, you, your, uh, the basket, the baseball card market did this like five years ago. And, you know, with all the new variants and stuff and how comic book collecting is changing, you know, the scarcity of these rare books like this one, this one's going to pop off in two or three months, I promise. So I, this is going to be my goal for all the holidays is to get you a quality book, you know, maybe two, either one great book like I did for Christmas or two or three quality, you know, books that I know, either a movie or a show or some kind, you know, they're they're doing a major re-release something where uh, I think we're, you know, we're buying some blue chip stock here. That's my goal. Yep. And all the, all the stuff just for the audience is going to be part of the Nerd Pod Studios. It's going on the walls. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. it's going to be great. This isn't for, for trading or selling. This is we got some really cool stuff here that's, you know, unique and and, and not one of a kind, but pretty damn close. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's exciting. So, so yeah, man. Did you catch more to come. Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I did, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. You, did you watch it? Yes. Oh yeah, we. I did. I saw the the story for the for everyone listening is. I woke up Friday going, I'm going to jump in the Falcon Winter Soldier, but for the good of the show, I'm going to do Justice League first because I was going into that thinking this is going to be awful, but I have to watch it for for Nerd Pod, and then my treat will be Falcon and the Winter Soldier. After I got through my assignment and then treated myself to a little Falcon. Little Winter Soldier, and man, it was a, f- it was fun. I mean, we, I, I expected it. I think we talked about it. We had Vision, um, WandaVision, um, which was the very complex appetizer, and then here's yeah. here's our steak and potatoes MCU content that we were we we've been waiting for for now well over a year. Some new, I know, you know, some new exciting action, seeing the characters we we have grown to love. Um, it was a lot of fun. Obviously, I'm not going to get into spoiler anything, but just I enjoyed it. It was exactly what I needed at that time. Yeah, and it's listen. I on the opposite of what we're going to talk about. Of of I, I have grown to love the consistency of the surprises and the the and the consistency of the Marvel Cinematic and Extended Universe. Um, you know, I. I just when you think in a 20-something film arc and plans for the future that imagine being able to backfill in. Like, did, would you ever think that it would work, that you would you could introduce characters like the Winter Soldier and Falcon or Wanda and Vision? And then after a full arc of incredible movies and then the, the greatest finale that we've ever seen cinematically and the, just the whole thing, that you could then go into your streaming service and make the, the value and quality of those films better because that's what these shows are doing. They're, you can now go back and look at this. You know Sam better after watching the first episode of this show. So now when you go back and you first see him in Civil War, I think is his premiere, mm-hmm. 
right? Or Captain Winter Soldier, one Cap, of those two. Cap Winter Soldier. Okay, yep. So I always mix those two up because they're sort of similar-ish. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, n- now you, you actually get to go back and look in, and you can look at him differently knowing what you know about him. And that is the, the brilliance of Feige. That is the brilliance of the MCU. And the consistency is what it's all about. I think the sky's the limit. Now, the other thing that I'll say is there was a lot of money for a television show on that screen. Wow. Wow is right. Wow. The, the, the opening scene with Falcon and the uh, the chase with the helicopters and the guy in the flight suits. I mean, that was not CGI. That was there yeah. in the air. There, you know, these guys are free falling, you know, gliding through their I guess their glider suits or something like that incredible incredible old-fashioned stunts so i think uh me too and i think we're going to get more into this as we go on but you know this is a really interesting arc this is really you know getting to see sam i think we're going to and and even uh seeing bucky right i mean seeing him with the uh with the, the father of the guy he presumably killed as the soldier and you know him feeling guilty and all of this stuff like we're gonna get to go really deep on these characters which makes it so much better man because now i want to go back and after this is done i will surely go back and at least watch those movies so we got five more weeks so yeah um breaking news by the way something just came across discard via screpo okay movies boston is now selling early tickets. I was just thinking that today because I saw all the Movies Orlando stuff and I'm like, they gotta be coming to Boston soon. So that is very exciting. Maybe we'll do like a live broadcast from that. <laughs> it's um, great. So it'll be uh, on Lansdowne Street in Boston, Mass. Nice. Um, doesn't say the opening yet, but if you go to their website, moviespopup.com, you can sign up for the Movies Boston Mailer to get access to early tickets. We will be getting on that because I, I would do say. want to go and see what the hype is about. Well, I so. hear the food is incredible. I hear it's a great experience. People are taking pictures and having a good time. And kudos to Kevin Smith, man, for being um, ahead of the game. I uh, Yeah, I, we can get more into Kevin Smith in another episode. I mean, I certainly love the guy, but I'm starting to look at those guys in a little bit different light. Uh, mm-hmm. The more, the deeper that we go into doing this show, the more prep we do, the more, you know. I, and so, not not that I have any less respect for him, but uh, it's just a different kind of thing now. So, we can talk about that another time. I'm really excited about movies, for sure. Absolutely. Thanks, Screpo. You're the man. <laughs> cool. All right. Let's get to uh, Week in Geek. And now, the Week in Geek. So, first, uh, first up... Um, this was kind of interesting. We're, we're both super digging the boys. And we did announce this right when we heard it, which was in the middle of the release of season two, that they had optioned this uh, second show. So just a little inside sports. When you are when you have a, a spin-off series or you have a um, yeah, really a, a spin-off series, very similar to the Game of Thrones. Um, spinoff series until your leads are cast that is a great indicator that your show is about to get a green light so this week we got our our leads now i don't even recognize the things that these people have been in so yep so shane paul mcgee from deputy and greenleaf no clue amy carrero 
from Elena of Avalar and Young and Hungry, and from Teenage Bounty Hunter Maddie Phillips. <laughs> that is your uh, leading cast for uh, the boys' spinoff series, which is a college-based uh, boys' uh, spinoff that is supposed to be focused around this sort of part Hunger Games, part um, like uh, just college experience, part like uh, tournament, I guess, that's going to get one of these college kids into the seven. That's just sort of some rumors that I've heard. I'm not sure if that's exactly the storyline, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's supposed to be, you know, uh, as raunchy and hardcore as its predecessor. Got it. And, so yeah. it's the, the school is run by Vought? School is run by Vought, owned by Vought, and uh, it's going to be, I guess, sort of a Hunger hunger Game style, or at least this is what the, the students are going to be presented. It's a soup school, but uh, I guess they come up with sort of this this do-or-die tournament to get into the seven, which so I don't know if that's So it's a twisted uh, Xavier school? Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's at least what I'm hearing. So uh, no release date yet, no title yet, but I, like I said, usually when we see uh, your main cast – you know, you're signing contracts, probably paying bonuses. Uh, this is this is a good sign for Greenlight. That's imminent. So I imagine. Yeah, this one well, has got me interested. This for sure. Talk about a great concept. I know. I think it's brilliant, and you know, it's just that that is the brilliance of having the streaming services. Is that in the middle? I mean, they named they picked this up so fast. It was like they saw the early numbers in season two. And they just went and said, you know what? We're going to double down on this. Whereas like The Walking Dead, because you're on network television, you're waiting for Arbitron ratings to come back or Nielsen ratings to come back. Mm -hmm. uh, you, it, it took a long time to get a spinoff series. And it was probably a little bit late, right? I mean, so now you're getting this boom. Season three of The Boys is going to come. And then right behind it will be uh, this season one of this new spinoff. So really Phenomenal. smart. Yeah, yep. I love really, it. Really, really smart. Yep. So it's exciting. I'm excited. Uh, you can look up those people. I'm not going to look them up probably. Not for a while. Yeah, there's um, other things to look up. <laughs> yeah, no, there is definitely for sure. So, and then quickly uh, before I I pass it along to you, um, I know that some uh, nerd, nerd fans uh, are basketball or hockey fans or any you know sports fans. I thought this was a really interesting one. So the thing. Um, has been tapped uh, to star as the legendary Boston Celtics coach Red Arbach in uh, so Adam McKay, you know, is Will Farrell's writing partner, um, yeah. right? And did all those movies with you know the, those guys together. They own uh, Funny or Die, right? Together the, that website. That's the two of those guys, Adam McKay and yeah. I think the yeah. first big big hit on that website was Funny or Die. Was wasn't it the um Will Ferrell the and the little kid that and was the, the little, landlord. Yeah, yep, the landlord. Yep. yep. So just Huge. talking smack to him. Yep. Fantastic. That was a fantastic take. And uh, um, I love that video. Yeah. And there's been so many. And, so you know, this between is Michael two Michael Chiklis being yep. Red Hour back. Yeah. Michael Chiklis, the, a.k.a. Right. The Thing the from thing. the Fantastic Four movies. Yep. So, uh, and whatever. And that, you know. Buddy Mac or whatever his name was, Mac and Cheese from uh, that that show on FX. I don't even know what the name of it was, but yeah, that. So, so that's um, cool. Uh, I think I think it's a good good uh, casting for Red Hour back uh, being up in the Northeast. Here we obviously know who he is. Clearly, uh, one of the greatest 
at least basketball coaches of all time. And I'm in your I'm a, I'm I'm on your court. You like that? I'm in your court right now. So you'll either tell me I'm wrong or or I'm right. But no, so I understand right. he's one of the, the best basketball coaches uh, of all time. Uh, absolutely, and that legendary run for the Celtics, and so. I think this is cool. I mean, this is a Showtime series based on Jeff Perlman's book, uh, Magic Kareem Riley and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty of the 80s. Mm-hmm. So it's. I think it's going to be interesting. So yeah, Albark is a, a inspiring figure around here. He's got a statue in uh, Quincy, whatever, Quincy Market or, you know, that Faneuil Hall area. So yeah, I think it'll be kind of cool. So uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, he's been in some nerd stuff and I love the commish. It was one of my favorite shows growing up. So um, for oh, yeah. sure, good, good stuff. Terrific. Um, and then I'm seeing here that I guess there's been, maybe I've missed this, but I guess there's been some rumors that Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy would be making some sort of comeback or he was still alive or something of that nature. Did you hear this? I did. I, I, well, I think that, that Gunn, because he's so responsive with his tweets and tries so hard to stay on top of stuff Mm -hmm. that he ends up, um, you know, like uh, uh, answering a lot of questions. So a lot of questions get asked. And one, because Rooker is, um, you know, one of his sort of go-to guys to put in movies, I think a lot of people had some speculation that they would find a way to bring him back. Um, And so I think people have been asking. Got it. So he tweeted out, as I've said before, Yondu is dead and he'll stay dead as long as I'm involved with Guardians. So his death means something to the people and... James is saying this. I'm not about to diminish that. So he's basically drawing the line in the sand and saying, no, if you want to see Yondu, go back and watch Guardians 1 and Guardians 2. There will be no Yondu in Guardians 3. Uh, I mean, can you blame him? Flashback aside. (laughs) Right. Maybe. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, maybe we'll see a flashback. That'd be kind of cool. Um but, uh, well, yeah, I mean, he's dead, but that doesn't say that, right, he's not going to go back. He was such a major part of Quill's life in those movies, so. Um, so I guess, yeah, that'd be the workaround, right? Yeah. Bring Yondu back, you'd have him sort of, some sort of memory flashback or, or something of that nature. Then at least James Gunn didn't break his word. He didn't bring him back from the dead. He's just showing you, you know, a memory. So one last thing in the Week in Geek, and again, not super tied to, to nerddom, but um, uh, HBO optioned a t- uh, another book by James Grisham, or I'm sorry, John Grisham, mm-hmm. and uh, it's A Time for Mercy, which is a follow-up to A Time to Kill, and already HBO is in talks with Matthew McConaughey, who would return. Uh, to play that character that he played in the A Time to Kill, which, I mean, God, that's got to be 20 years ago. That's phenomenal. So, wow. Uh, I mean, that's a I, great the, movie. It, it's a great movie, and maybe that these are the kinds of things that we want to start revisiting. Like, I love to see this way more than I love to see The Wonder Years, right? Like, uh, or, or any of those other remakes. Like, it, it, HBO is doing it, and Matthew McConaughey is involved. Like he's, you know, the McConaissance, like he's rebuilt his career a couple times and, you know, with Dallas Buyers Club and with uh, the other show on HBO. And, you know, he sort of went from a rom-com guy to an Oscar winner uh, and, you know, the Nolan movie and all of that. Did I think he do this, a True Detective too? He did. Yeah, True Detective. First season. Uh, yeah, first season was incredible, man. So to see this kind of thing, I, although I think Spacey was Spacey and... 
uh, and Samuel Jackson were in the first one, right? So maybe we don't see Spacey, but maybe we see somebody, some other version. Um, but yeah, I think it's exciting, and I think this is a great path for McConaughey, and it could go really well. Hey, this is awesome because I've been on the lookout for the. You know, we've everyone knows we're we're huge Bosch fanboys. Um, yeah. But there's been a lot before Bosch that was you know, the true crime detective movies and shows, but it's been so hard to find new ones that are good. Yep. Right? Yep. That yep. are good. And I think that's the, the critical part there. Um, so taking a John Grisham novel is just brilliant, I, and I'm all for it. So it's a continuation. We're not talking a reboot or a remake, no. right? We're that's right. continuation yep. uh, of a story with a solid, solid author. Um this this is has a wind written all over it. At least for for me in that itch of a, that is true crime, true detective kind of shows or, or movies, right? So I'm all in on that. That's great. It's yeah, I'm really excited. And and if we see this work, think about the treasure trove that's in there. Like movies like I don't know, Along Came a Spider, or think about like U.S. Marshals and the Fugitive, and you know what stories, great cop stories or great anything stories in those veins of movies that you wouldn't really expect to see either turn into a show or get sequelized. Yeah, I, I think this could open a whole new path uh, for the, for this kind of television. So uh, I think that's what stood out to me, right? Uh, HBO optioning a book so it, it's i don't think it's hbo plus i think it's hbo that they, and when they get a hold of it you know it's going to be great so heck yeah cool yep. man so exciting and that is your weekend geek so we've been doing the mcu corner the last couple of weeks and we were going to continue it this week uh with another uh, addition to the mcu corner but with snyder justice league dropping on friday and kind of the 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 impact it's had on us as you know nerds, as geeks, as movie people, as people interested in the industry. Well, Coach and I thought it would be a good to do a little uh, a little sidestep over and do like a little DC corner, give Justice League uh, a, some time here, because like we've always said, life is better for people who enjoy comics, comic movies things that are based on that, when both the big giants like Marvel and DC are, are whirring, whirling along, buzzing along, they have like good content coming out. And Marvel yeah. has been kicking their ass for years. So this is interesting. Um, Snyderly. Uh, yeah, Snyderly. There you go. We're going to yeah. call it Snyderly. Snyderly. The yeah. Snyderly is interesting because here is an example. Like So he had done... Man, uh, Man of Steel then followed that up with Batman versus Superman. Yep. And Justice League was going to be basically the that trilogy part for him that was going to kick off another two Justice Leagues. Yep. Right? So he was going to have a six movie you know span basically and it all began with this Justice League Snyder League movie that if this was the one we would have gotten instead of the Whedon League I I think I would have been a lot happier with the direction of DC. And and yes, it's far from a perfect movie. It has all those things that we don't like about some DC characters and everything. But when I compare it side by side, it's a very different movie. And I would say it's, it's a much better viewing for me uh, personally. And I know not everybody is on the same page as that. But for me, I... 
when I walked into watching Snyder League on that Friday, I woke up at 8 a.m. and I started it. And granted, I had to do it in parts because it's four hours long. And it's it's not... I would say it's probably a more uplifting Snyder movie, if you can That's say fair. that at all. Um, you know, With a little bit of humor here and there, which is not normal for him. But I had to take it in and basically take the parts because it's, it's divided, I think, into six parts. So I, I would take like one part or two parts, depending on the length of them. Watch them, stop, go do some stuff, come back to it and watch the next part. So I, I kind of watched it more like a TV show, you know. Um, and I think I needed that because I had to like think about what I had just watched. There's a lot there uh, yeah, in, man. in four hours' time. So my initial you know, reaction to it was this is a better movie. It has a, a, a way better story um, in terms of like a plot development. The characters yeah. were night and day different between Whedon League and what Snyder had planned for them. Like I said, if this is the movie we had originally gotten from from DC back in 2017, I think is when it was supposed to come out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think their trajectory would have been much, much different than where it's been. So I... that's my first like knee jerk. Here, it's what I got to say about it. Yeah, and mine is similar. Um, you know, I, I my first reaction was. Um, I, was sadness because, you know, I didn't have uh, uh, too much skin in the game. I think, as you mentioned, if uh, if you know anything about this show, there's been no love for the Justice League or for you know, and for different reasons. I have no no problem with Zack Snyder at all. Um, I had no real problem with Joss Whedon. I didn't have you know f- from the actors. I don't know the story, and I think that's fine. I, I actually look forward to that if that happens in a comic book movie where. You know, I don't necessarily know the backstory and I won't be disappointed. Not everything has to have source material that I'm uh, familiar with. So, uh, but it was the actors that they chose. I mean, I, I like Cavill, but uh, I did. I do not like Amy Anderson. I felt like, especially in that time when Man of Steel came out, she was being cast in everything, like literally everything. You couldn't put a movie on without, and I didn't think she was that talented or that. Amy Adams? I'm sorry, Amy Adams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just don't think she's great. Like, I just didn't understand why she kept getting cast in everything. Like, she wasn't Meryl Streep. Like, all of a sudden, she just started showing up in everything. And I thought, you know, like Rachel McAdams or, you know, Anne Hathaway. I mean, there were a million better Lois Lanes that they could have picked from. And I just, I was like, really, her? And and that was sort of the first turnoff on that movie for me. I love Michael Shannon, too. I mean, I love... He's great. I mean, Miller's Crossing is one of my favorite movies of all time. He was great in Boardwalk Empire. I'm sure he made a great Zod. But uh, that was the turnoff on that movie for me. And then I just never got around to it. And not really my thing. So, anyway... I came into this entirely fresh, not seeing any of these movies. I didn't see the first two. I didn't. I I did see the Wonder Woman movies, obviously, but I think at least one, maybe both of them, are out of order um, to this movie. So, or maybe the first one isn't, but the second one is. I don't even know. But all of that aside, I don't need to know. I didn't need to know any of that. It was a complete movie, and I felt sadness that we're not going to get any more of it. And that, that uh, and there was a really good view into what was possible for them that they'll never get back. They'll yeah. never get it back, and that's kind of a bummer, man. It is, and and that's you. You looked it up today. DC is on record saying, uh, "No, the the original version, twenty seventeen, Joss Whedon's version is canon." 
Ugh, I mean, and again, I haven't seen it, but I can only go by what people like you and others have told me. Um, and, and that's a shame. And, and we can start to get into the sort of the meat of this. And you know, I, I want to be really clear that you know, in most circumstances, like with a movie like The Watchmen, right? We talk to our nerd friends quite a bit about things like this. And I think that when you make a movie like The Watchmen, mm -hmm. I'm already at a five because I'm amazed that it's being made, right? So yeah. I'm amazed that somebody you know, took the time to believe that IP that I love was important enough to make. So when I walk in, it doesn't matter if it's claymation, if it's like Mr. Bill and Pokey um, on the screen and it's, you know, stop capture, you know, animation, I am in because they're making my content. So anything above and beyond that, right? Like if it's amazing, it's like a 15 to me. It's like the greatest thing ever. But if it's a three, it's still an eight because they made it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, how, that's how I feel about it. And that's how I felt about The Watchmen. Like, I felt like I was so amazed. It got a five before I even walked in the door. And the movie was probably a three. But overall, I still give it an eight. And that's, you know, a Zack Schneider staple, right? And the things that I love about that movie, I love about this movie. And things that I hate about that movie are things that I hate about this movie. Mm -hmm. So at least he's consistent. Um I thought the acting dude was so bad in parts yeah. of this movie. So bad. So before we get to the acting, you yeah. know, because we're on Snyder so much, yeah. part of our Discord group, um, Pickled Rick, is he's got a lot of good takes on, on movies or, or interesting takes that'll make you like kind of push you off of your comfort zone a little bit. Sure. And one of the things I remember him saying to me, um, which I thought was, was pretty smart, was like, he tries to see directors who have a style. You, you know it's one of their movies. Yeah. And he kind of challenged me on Favreau a bit. He says, Favreau is kind of like a Ron Howard. He, he, you, they do good work, but you don't know uh, um, one of their style of movies. He doesn't have a style that stands out. Snyder, on the other hand, he has a style that stands the hell out. Right? Yep. So, yep. And it's kind of to your point. It's like... It's a Snyder movie through and through, the good and the bad. You know what you're getting, and you you know the the, the dystopian that he, he takes a very hard look at things. And I've you know as others have said, he also when he's working on a superhero movie, he he almost treats them like like on a pedestal too. Yeah, to hell with everybody else. So he definitely has a way about him that's different than a lot of other other directors. I don't know if he if it's something he would ever change about how he makes a movie. Like I don't those think so. Weaknesses, like you said, he's always what going over the line. He's always crossing the line. He's a constant yeah. uh, line. He's a, yeah, habitual line stepper. <laughs> habitual he is. line stepper. He is. Lots of slow motion and yeah. and really cool music and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really is. He's a habitual line stepper. But but you know what I mean? It's like I think that it's absolutely right on to say that he has a style and whether or not you saw them or liked them, those first two of this trilogy we'll call it had his hands prints all over them. Sure. And when you got to the Justice League that they really took away from him and and the studio said this is way too dark. We need to lighten it up. We need to put jokes in and reshoot and do all this tinkering with it it and maybe that's why i disliked it so much it was so different than those other two no matter how you felt about them it just it, it stood out like a sore thumb 
Yep. Yep. It, it, I understand. And uh, it, it's the story was a great story. I mean, I thought it was put together well. And I, the, some of the criticisms that I've heard about this movie is that, you know, like, like you didn't uh, have an emotional, like you didn't care about, you know, you didn't know what anybody wanted. And yeah. I couldn't uh, disagree with that more. I think it was very clear. It was like, you know, somebody, I heard a couple people say today, well, you, you, you knew what Bruce wanted, but you didn't know what anybody else wanted and why they, why sh you should care about what they wanted. And I didn't feel that at all. Mm -hmm. I felt like they, he spent, you know, now again, now, Pickle Rick said it today. Like, if you take out the slow motion action sequences, you get an hour back. And so, and and maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but he's not necessarily wrong. There could have been even more time spent in character development across the board. But I felt like this was a complete movie from start to finish. I felt like I understood what everybody wanted. I understood especially what Batman wanted. And I... I, I I just didn't I didn't come away with it thinking like I don't understand why anybody did anything. I, I, I understood why everybody did everything. So I I think it, it made me it, it emotional at parts. It made me feel in places I didn't think it would. I I cared enough to watch that apocalypse apocalyptic scene and go, I as depressing as that is, like I'm like, oh God, do I really want to be bummed out for another three hours to watch that? But I felt like I had to because I felt, I even felt emotionally connected to the Joker after three and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that one scene was so well put together. The I hate to be this guy that says the cinematography. It was just shot so well, dude. It, it was, was shot so well. It was beautiful. Uh, yeah. And to go from 2017's version to this version, and we, we said it, I'm like, I think I wrote it's like Flash went from becoming the most annoying character in any movie I had seen up to that point. I yep. could not stand Barry in just Weed and Justice League. He was all he was was, uh, you know, he was the funny guy. He was he was the the kid, you know, comic relief, clumsy yep. comic relief. And it was just so stupid and beneath the movie. But did they ever fix him? Like his yep. introduction, phenomenal. Like for a superhero introduction, phenomenal. When he saves the girl, it's about to get plowed by that garbage truck. And uh, you just see that entire, scene. he just touches the glass and the way it just kind of explodes out. And the whole thing was just masterfully done. I mean, that was amazing. And I felt connected to him in a way that I did not expect to be connected to. And all the characters. I think you texted me uh, when you were watching. And you watched it, I think, uh, maybe a day after I did or two days after I did. And you said, yeah. I can't believe this, but I... I, I I'm I'm fighting tears for Superman. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, you hate Superman. How is that? Possible? I know. <laughs> I know. But I know. It's like, yeah, I don't understand why, why people saying that there wasn't a, a good connection or motivation to the characters. I saw that and I felt more connected to them than I had in any of the other movies that they had been in. Yeah. Well, period. I, I was I now. On the flip side of this, right? And here is why I didn't just shut it off and walk away and not think about it. What Zack Schneider does to me is the he he plays with the the other line of like the 
you know, absolutely crazy and no good and absolutely brilliant access, right? Like, it seems like he he just jumps back and forth between it in every movie that he does. And, and an example in this movie is, dude, there's just so many. Like, the acting was so, so bad, mm-hmm. but the movie was scored so perfectly. Yeah. And the story was so strong and the CGI was so bad. Like, I would put each of those... Uh, on a 10 and then a negative 10 on the access, which is so mind blowing and bothers me so much about it. Right. Like, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's it's hard to believe that there is so much wrong yet so much right in the same movie. Right. Simultaneously. And it's like watching a car accident, but then it's, ah, it's, it's beautiful. I want more dude. It's yeah. I, I want to see the other, I want to see where he was going with this, and unfortunately, yeah. we will never see it. I know there's there is something out there that you can read that talks about Snyder's vision for the next two movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sad not to see where he was going with it. I, I and I know. It's, and this whole thing, I think, I didn't know about his personal tragedy until after whedon's version came out and i had already seen that i only knew that he was snyder had left i never for whatever reason that story missed me that his daughter his 20 year old daughter had committed suicide which caused him to leave the movie yep now i think you had made the point like yeah but was warner trying to get him out anyway yep right well it felt like they were i mean that's that's what the stories were saying was that there's definitely truth to that but i don't know if i don't know if See, I don't think we would get the movie we just got if he had stayed where he, he stayed making that movie. Uh, I, I think agree. the pressure would have been too much from the studio heads to cut it down to two hours. We want to see more, more. Tri- we want to see the Flash trip a lot more and, and make goofy jokes about. Uh, Wonder Woman being hot or something, or, or how rich Batman is. Like we want more of that. Snyder, we don't want to see a serious movie. We don't want to see why why cy- Cyborg's important to the story. We don't care about that. We only no. want to see Superman, and we want to see him save, uh, I don't know, a random family in Russia that's living <laughs> under the shadow of a failed nuclear power plant. By the way, because you didn't see that, that's something that never touched the Snyder. That was added for Whedon. It was... I, I'm getting it. I'll get mad thinking about the stuff that was in that old one. It's awful, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like the juxtaposition between the two movies is mind-boggling. Yeah, so I got to go back and watch it. So we, we talk about uh, breaking news. So Warner's has doubled down. I don't believe it. Warner's has doubled down to say no plans with Zack Snyder an hour ago or within last thirty minutes. You're double down. Yep. So. Um, that means that they saw the first round of numbers and they didn't like it. Um, Metacritic's at 55%. The num- the streaming numbers must have been down. I talked to a lot of people about it, man, and they said, dude, I don't have four hours. I don't have four hours of my life to give to this. And I'm trying to sell people on why they need to watch this movie. And, and I'm like, no, dude, it's, it's in six you know digestible pieces. You could watch it like a miniseries. That's how you should do it. 
And uh, a couple of people were like, oh, that makes sense. I guess I'll I'll try that. But I doubt they did. They they saw the four and a half or four nineteen or four eighteen, whatever it was, and they got freaked out and they won't watch it. And so, listen, if if they streamline, you know, if they got a a, a twelve on this, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, twelve million people, fifteen million people in opening weekend, I think they'd be singing a different tune. But they're not. So this mm-hmm. begs the question now. So Warner's is out. Who are the biggest winners and biggest losers? Of the Snyder Justice League release, well, Snyder, right I now think today, is a little bit of both, right? Snyder yeah. definitely wins because his his vision was put out there the way he wanted it, with no interruption from the studio. He actually yeah. got them to pay what an additional seventy million to put it out. Yep, yeah, he did. Um, you know, with that, that's that's shots, that's marketing, all of that. Um, so he's definitely a winner. Now, would you consider him being, uh, uh, you know, on the losing side of this because he doesn't get to see the the complete? Vision? I don't. Or, or does he like you know what? I don't care. My art has been put out there. Yeah. People see it. They either like it, they don't like it. But I'm good. I, I did the movie I wanted to do. Well, I think yeah. I mean, I think that this was a dead issue four or five years ago for him, and I think he knew at that point that the other movies were never getting made. What I think needed to happen was, and why I think he's at the top of the winner's list is because of exactly what you just described. For one, he got his vision out and he got to answer the the call of, you know, hashtag release the Schneider Cut. Like that is now whether that's good or not, I you know, I don't know that we want fans driving you know this this fan culture because it it can turn more toxic than this i think the intention behind release the schneider cut was was um pure i think they saw the tragedy in his life i think they saw how bad the movie was put the combination of those two things together and we get uh release schneider cut now they start doing that they start like uh hashtagging trying to get rid of canon movies from star wars or you know redoing marvel movies like i I don't think that should go too far but in this sense he made the fans happy he got to see his vision all the the way through he got to redeem what he probably felt like a failure out of his life and i think all of the real fans like us are uh really proud that he got to do this Mm -hmm. and i think he ends up winning all around for this all around ben affleck We'll I think he's on the loser you. list. Yep. I think yep. so too. I think that that poor guy, um, because the 2017 version did so poorly, and he looked... So they had to do a bunch of reshoots because basically what we saw on Friday was the version that was shot. Yeah. When Whedon came in, he did a bunch of reshoots. Right. Way later. Ben Affleck had certainly didn't have that physique anymore. Yep. So if you watch, you'll if you're gonna watch it, you'll watch it. You'll see, you'll know exactly the points that he was reshot. He 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 has, we'll just call it dad bod, yeah, right. Versus yep. Jack muscular, you know, brooding Batman bod, like two different, very different body types in there. So he looked so bad there. The movie was so terrible. He lost his, what would have been his cashing in of a winning lottery ticket, his yep. own standalone Batman movie, maybe Bat- Batman franchise. Lost all of that. He's not doing it now. So, yeah, I, Batman, uh, Batfleck is certainly, a, for me, one of the bigger losers of, of this whole Justice yep. League. Giant fiasco. loser. I, and I think the biggest loser is Warners. I mean, I, I, I don't think they look good 
um, in releasing this. I don't think they look good with what they did. Like, I just think that this uh, really turns people off. And now it puts the pressure on, you know, so I think Warner's is a loser. I also think like J.J. Abrams and whoever the black uh, Superman's going to be loses. I think that Pattinson and that Batman loses. I think, um, you know, especially, God, if those movies come out in the next two years, all people are going to remember is this cut, right? Um, I don't think they're going to, they're going to be ready for those two movies on the winner side. I think Jared Leto is a, a big winner here. Yeah. Big so, winner. So he went from suicide squads version of his Joker, which uh, isn't, we'll just say it, it's not loved. It's, it's not nope. a Jack Nicholson. It's not a Heath Ledger. No, nope. it's kind of like a bad imitation of, Somewhere in between those two. I know. The the version we just saw in the final closing moments of Snyder League was, I would say, closer to a, a Ledger version, but it was definitely a Leto performance. It was a Leto performance. I was blown away by that, man. I think that was one of the highlights of the movie for me. Um, I think he did such a poor, you know, such a bad job. And not even him. It's probably the way that he was directed in Suicide Squad. Um, I I think that he redeemed himself, and I think he's going to feel that way. Um, You know, imagine. And then you get freaking Joaquin Phoenix come out and get an Oscar for a Joker run after, right after, you know, you. Mm -hmm. That means that they didn't have an appetite. So I felt like he was a giant winner. Another giant winner. Ray Fisher is is another as big a winner as uh, as Leto. Yeah. So playing Cyborg in the original, like the, the way it was intended in Snyder League, we had such a big connection to to Cyborg, which we did not have in the original one. There was no setup, barely any character development. It was like, here's a robotic dude walking around. Okay, here's some. Here's like a little bit of a, um, you know, meow mix more sized morsels for you to, to like maybe get a little backstory in, in for your character, but that's it. No critical player in this movie you know in terms yep. of the plot um he, he you understood why tortured and angry he was uh especially at his dad he blamed his dad for the death of his mother and basically for turning him into a, a, a frankenstein's monster i mean yeah yep. his acting with really just like you know 25 percent of his face or, or maybe 30 you know whatever was yeah, 50, yeah, he yeah just, 40. Yeah. He, he just was, I was blown away. And again, I went from seeing the, the original one where he was just a very bland character to like, oh man, th- this, this is hitting me in ways I didn't expect it to. So yeah, you're right. He got, uh, he definitely had, um, um, uh, what's the right word? Uh, he had that redemption you know, of, of a character. Because um, I'm sure... Put yourself in, like, any of these guys, these actors' shoes. You go see that original Justice League, and you're like, dude, what happened to all the scenes we shot? Yep, yep. 
Oh man. <laughs> and especially the the amount of work that he did leading up to, you know, you just see like the behind the scenes or any of the cuts and it's just he worked on it physically and he went to I mean, he gave his all to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from what I understand about the Whedon cut, it just didn't go well. So you'll, you'll uh, see it and you're gonna be so blown away how different it is. I know. I bet. Um, and then I think I think to round out the loser list, uh, you know, I think Ezra Miller is a push. He's getting his own movie fine. I think Gal Gadot is fine. She's got the Patty Jenkins. She'll probably get a third movie. She's fine. C- Cavill has got to be on the loser list with, with Ben Affleck and Warners, right? I mean, he, he... I think he loses here. I think he's out as Superman. He's out as Superman because of this film. He, do you realize that he was cast in... The original in the in Superman Returns, where that dude that's now in Hallmark movies got, and uh, who who's the director of that? Brian Singer. Brian Singer. Yeah, was... Singer. Cavill was cast like for that movie, and it's kind of that. incredible. Yeah, he was, and then he got replaced when Singer got brought in. I didn't know he was. So he, you're saying he was cast for Superman Returns? He was. Yep. And yep. Then they when they replaced um, him with. Um, Brandon, what's his name? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, I'm pulling it up now. So that's Brandon Ruth. Yep. 2006. So he would have been real young. Um, yep. So Cavill he- as a loser. Yep. Okay. Bear with me. So he loses out on any more Justice League movies for sure. Like, there's none of that. He already had done Man of Steel and Batman v... Superman. He did Justice League. Is he? I'm just challenging this because is he a lose? Is he losing because he's losing? You know, were they going to make more movies with him at this point, or was he going to have like the walk-on role with in Shazam, for example, or well, uh, Black Adam's coming out? Is he going to have a piece? Of, was he supposed to have a piece in that, or, or something like that? I mean that that tweet. That he played the weird music and held up the doll of of Spider Man and of Superman. I don't know if you remember that. I but do. That was like within the last year or two, mm-hmm. and I think that I think that up until recently, I think that I think that he's wanted to play this role since two thousand and six, and it's two thousand and twenty one, and. I think that uh, he would have been young, but he was perfect. I mean, he looks like Clark Kent, man. I mean, he looks like Superman. He and looks so, like Superman. And so yeah. I, I think that he would have been completely content, very similar to the Marvel stars in the first Avengers run, if he had stayed Superman and been able to do other things. Uh, I think he would have been happy to stay in that role for a very long time. And I think that he got robbed of it. Because this movie went badly, maybe blame Warners, maybe blame blame whoever you want, Whedon, whoever. But I think that he, I think that tweet showed me everything that I needed to know about how he actually felt about not playing Superman anymore. Right. And I, 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 yeah, I think push me over that side. I, I, I'm with you then. And it's and kind of sad and tragic because it is. It's super sad. It and he's been wanting it. He did. He did a great job with him. I mean. He did. He doesn't write the movies. He only performs in them. And I think he was, he performed great. I agree, man. So I think it is tragic. And I think he's got a great, you know, if you watch The Watcher, if you watch The... The, um, the Witcher is... Yeah, The Witcher, sorry. my favorite uh, new shows to watch, and I can't wait for season two. And I'm a big... Henry Cavill is one of the biggest nerds out there. Big yep. time gamer, makes his own computers. I mean... He, I know you're not in on the Mission Impossibles, but he I, was incredible in Fallout, dude. Incredible. Yep. 
So, so. It, it's again, DC is a huge loser in this. Um, they're walking. They're watching talent leave this the DC property. Ugh, uh, so much. At a big clip. I mean, everything about the 2017 version of Justice League was wrong. <laughs> there was yeah. nothing right, and it's just weird to me, man. Um, Steppenwolf. We haven't even talked about the bad guy. I know. I know. I think I. I yeah, I think. Um, I don't understand. I, I don't. I don't understand. I think that you could have done so many other things. Like Steppenwolf is such a weird like band from the '60s that, <laughs> like, I, I just. I don't, I don't know, know, man. DC lore. So I'm, I'm guessing. This is something. Yeah, they both must yep. be DC lore, but even the way they spell dark side, like I was spelling, I was saying it like dark Saeed, like is this guy like from, like is he from Saudi Arabia? Like what, what, what is dark Saeed? Like I, yeah. So I was disappointed by that, that they selected that path. I just feel like you could have had so much more than I, what you got. I'll tell you this. You'll, I'm sure you'll feel the same way. Good actor, great actor who who did For voice sure. acting. Um, Kieran Kieran Hint, um, Hines, yeah, and uh, I mean, who's just in a ton of stuff, like from Harry Potter to Rome, Frozen. Um, so the guy's got chops. Now the 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 version of Steppenwolf of twenty seventeen is again extremely different than the one we just got. Sure. The one we just got, we understood his motivation, what he was trying to do. He was trying to get back under the good graces of Darkseid and, you know, come back from being exiled. And to do that, he had to basically destroy 50,000 worlds or whatever it was. The one that we had in 2017 version, Steppenwolf was the big bad. We didn't right. have a dark side, nor did we have any motivation for him wanting the mother boxes. The reveal of the mother boxes, by the way... Um, we had a great. We understood it in this version, the Snyder League. We understood it. They, they, you know, Diana, uh, Wonder Woman gave the backstory. Okay, got it. We we understand what the MacGuffin is. We under. I don't understand what they do, but whatever. I I see. I get why they they woke up. They woke up because of Superman's um, yep. death cry. Death. Yep. We had none of that. How we found out about the mother boxes is the most. Compli- not complicated. It's just the talk about mailing it in as a filmmaker. So basically, they say, okay, we have to introduce these things, but we need to do it in like two minutes. Yeah. So we're gonna have Batman going after uh, some cat burglar. The cat burglar is frightened. So these these insect guys, they're attracted to fear, right? So they're gonna, you know, he's gonna scare this guy, and and the parademon's gonna come up, and and Batman's gonna. Put him in, you know, nail him to the wall, and he's going to shoot him with his his anti alien gun or what? I'm not kidding. <clears throat> and all Christ. that's left is like a green blood splatter with, I kid you not, three squares in the blood splatter, mm. representing the mother boxes. That's how they get introduced. And now Batman's right away putting together the Justice League because he understands there's an alien threat. He's so the very next scene, I think we're looking. He's looking for Aquaman. And it's just it's it's mind-boggling how poorly they rewrote that movie. Um, wow. So uh, I I think this also shines. You know who's a loser here, on a bigger level, is is the industry as a whole when they start undercutting the creative direction of directors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? this is blatant. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can see it very clearly. And, you know, maybe they'll, they'll, uh, uh, you know, this will be a lesson to everybody. And I hope that it is. And, you know, know who you hire. It's like any, anything else, right? I mean, yep. understand what you're getting. They, they, I think people get excited behind names and don't actually, you know, ever even look, I think, at this point, right? It's the culture that we live in. Like, so, you're not going to hire Scorsese to, to, like, I have an idea. You know, it, it's going to be based in, like, the 80s. It's going it, to have this thing called the mafia in it. Uh, so we're going to hire this guy, Scorsese. He's going to come in and he's going to do his thing. But you know what? I'm going to tell him I want to make it happier. Yeah, it needs to be a little uplifting. Yeah, not, not comparing Snyder to, 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 to Scorsese, but you get the point. It's yeah, like I mean, that's you bring right. in a guy whose body of work tells you it's going to be this and, and yeah. let him do his thing. Let him see it through. And It's like hiring just, Tarantino to do a rom-com. Like, yeah. what, what are you doing? I get there's big money tied up into it, but who's the who's the people who who paid the money? You know, Fans. you're the one that agreed to. You said we want this guy, we want his vision. We, yep. we saw what Christopher Nolan did with Batman. We and that was not that was a dark series. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was it was dark and inspiring and hopeful and not hopeful and. Brilliant and well acted and well directed and well scored and the all of those first things. First thing that follows up that that trilogy is Man of Steel with you know with Nolan's full blessing and support. Yep. So yep. that was the torch being passed. And shame on DC, shame on Warner for for whatever they did or didn't like they 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 fumbled the the handoff in ways that, that blew me away. And because we have talked in the show over and over again, like DC cannot compete with MCU doing MCU's game. No. They, they, that game why try? is over. Yep. Do what you do well. I'm, you know, we're in our 40s. We, we love MCU movies. We know what they are. What I would love to see more stuff like Logan. More, more things like this Snyder League. I like the dark. I like the gritty, the blood, the over-the-top R rating. I There's want that. There's so much there, dude. There's such a well. Just just Dark Horse. I mean, if you now spun off and said, all right, we're doing Dark Horse Studios, and yeah. we're just going to pull from that IP, you could do it for years, and it would be amazing. And you could just say, we're never going to be over a strong PG-13 on a, say, standalone movie, but it's mostly going to be R ratings on a Dark Horse brand, mm-hmm. and ride this, and guess what? You'll make tons of money and, tons and tell me if i'm wrong here because I'm, I'm definitely getting into more your side here and expertise is like but wasn't dc pretty well known for eventually going very very dark sure. bloody you know yeah. more so than marvel was definitely so for, it's not definitely like, it's not like they're not known for this and that started with frank miller i mean it really yeah. did and and grew from there and yeah, man, this it, it really was like supposed to grow with the fans of that time, the guys that are like, you know, 50 right now or, you know, from 48 to 55 that now, right? They wanted those guys to grow into those comics when they were in their 20s and 30s and that's what they did. Right, and, so give right. us it. Like that, right. that's right. what I want from my DC. You have me as a fan if you just embrace the dark side. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Stay out of the theme parks, even. Like, get away from, don't go to Six Flags. Like, let Disney have the, because that's what it is. When I get, when I get MCU, I know it's like me staying at Disney for a week. Like I'm going to the movie and I know what I'm going to get. And it's going to be big and it's going to, they're going to, the details going to be great. It's going to 
touch my childhood. The IP is going to speak to me. It's all of that that I have on a screen. It's like it's a Disney experience. When I go to Six Flags and I see like the weird Wonder Woman capes, like I, I don't it, it and like the weird smoking section and how it's like, you know, low rent at at Six Flags, like I don't, I'm not a huge Six Flags guy, but just like stay away, don't do that. Like just go and be the badass story, you know, just tell good stories, make them dark, and people will come. Man, they just will. They so. absolutely Joker, Joker, yep. Joker. Yeah, that's a prime example. Prime Dumb. example. And I hope that um, you know the book that we got you. I hope that that you know that movie ends up great. The Pattinsons, the Batman. I I think it looks pretty good. Yep. I. From what and, I've seen, looks great. Right. And I think that's where we close it is, look, life is better when Marvel's killing it and DC's killing it. 100%. We, we've never been, we hope DC dies and goes away. No, we want never. to see both win because, hey, that's just more content for us to talk about. Were we expecting coming in tonight, tonight's show to talk about, for a half hour plus, just about the Justice League? Absolutely not. So there it is. NerdPod is not one-way Marvel. We just want to have great content, and whether that's DC. And if Marvel sucks for the next five years and DC is blowing it out of the water, trust me, you'll see our, where we, you'll see us pump the tires of DC and be like, Marvel, get your shit together. You know? Yep, yep. I don't see it happening, but I agree with you. Point is, is, we would completely be on board. We, we would. just want so- to see great content. That's all we want. And so go out where I'm giving this movie a recommend. Go, you know, do the six parts. You're going to feel conflicted, but it's well worth the the feelings, well worth the price of admission. Go get it. Agreed. Um, This is a solid watch for me, too. And I went from thinking this is going to be a complete waste of time. But, hey, I was proven wrong. Me, too. I'm all the way in. So any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. Besides that, um, stop buying all the damn... PlayStation 5's people, leave one for me. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, other than that, man, um, great week. Uh, I, I can't believe the amount of content we got out of this this one movie. Me um, too. And that we weren't expecting, so it's kind of like a, a nice gift. And assuming there's no other like Snyder versions of anything coming out in the next week, I expect us to return to our MCU corner and t- keep, keep breaking down the upcoming phase for MCU. Yeah, we'll look forward to that more. Um, you know, more MCU talk, more Captain. Next week we'll get more uh, Falcon Winter Soldier and uh, dig back into the MCU. So, with that, we'll say, "All right, boys, let's close it down." All right, boys, let's close it down. Look at me, man. Can't you see that I'm dying? Look at you, man, doing all your wanting. You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming NerdPods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook, they're at NerdPod.